Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. On today's show, I am joined by USDA Southern California board member Chris Boyer to talk about the upcoming 2022 Southern California Pro Circuit. Of course, we talked about this event a bit last week with our guest Ryan Redondo, but that Southern California Pro Circuit, a series of events happening over the course of late May through the middle of July. It's going to be six ITF events held in both the San Diego and LA areas that will offer playing opportunities not only for those established pro circuit players but for the college players, the aspiring junior players to compete at the pro level, test their game against the best of the best. Of course, our Crack Rackets team is so excited to be able to play a role in this Southern California pro circuit as we'll be broadcasting matches from each of the six events. Of course, we'll have more information on that for all of you as the start date of that Southern California Pro Circuit gets closer and closer. But on today's show, I talk to Southern California board member Chris Boyer about this SoCal Pro Circuit. And Chris was essential in getting these six events off the ground, securing the funding and making sure the vested interests in that Southern California tennis community, whether it be the tournament managers, the facilities, the countless former greats in that Southern California area are all able to play a role in this six weeks of events. And again, we here at Crack Rack, it's so excited to bring all that action to you as we know uh, it's going to be some exceptional tennis. And today I talked to Chris about the necessity of offering these additional pro circuit opportunities to the aspiring junior and collegiate athletes in the area. We talk about the history of pro tennis, not only in Southern California, but more broadly across the United States and how the pro circuit opportunities we offer face uh, in comparison to some of that of other countries. We also, of course, discuss what fans can expect over the six weeks of competition and so much more. It is a fantastic interview that we know all of you Crack Rackets fans are going to enjoy, of course, before we get to that conversation. A huge thank you to our friends at Swing Vision for their support for this podcast. Of course, Swing Vision on the forefront of all innovations happening in terms of artificial intelligence in the game of tennis. And look, you can have access to all of those innovations in the palm of your hand by downloading the Swing Vision app on your phone today. When you do, again, all you'll have to do each time you play on court, set up the Swing Vision app, record your hitting session. Swing Vision will break it all down for you. The misses, the makes, the statistics, the ways you can improve. You'll have access to all that information and so much more. Of course, use our promo code CRACK20. When you inevitably do sign up, you get $20 off your purchase plus a free 14-day pro trial. Again, you can learn more about Swing Vision by clicking on the link in the description to this podcast. You can also hear from Swing Vision CEO Swapnil Sahai as we had him on the show earlier this month. But again, for more information, click on that link in the description of this show. Again, a huge thank you to Swing Vision for their support of this podcast. With that said, let's get to our conversation with the one and only Chris Boyer. Hey, crack fans. Before we get to today's show, I want to let all of you listeners know about the revolutionary work being done by our friends over at Swing Vision. Now, all of us as tennis players are constantly searching for that piece of information that's going to give us that one, two, three percent edge whenever we step onto the court. We want to know, am I hitting my forehand with enough depth? Am I accurately placing my backhands? Am I employing patterns on the court that are putting me in an optimum position to experience success? 
success. Thankfully, all of those questions can now be answered via the app produced by our friends at Swing Vision. Folks, it's extraordinarily simple. You're going to download the app. You're going to turn that app on your phone. You're going to put your phone on the back fence, the back curtain of whatever court you're playing on. You're going to hit record. And then using artificial intelligence, Swing Vision is going to break down your performance. If you click on the link that you find in the podcast description here on today's episode, you'll go right to the Swing Vision website. And of course, friends who use our Crack Rackets promo code CRACK20 are going to get an additional $20 discount and a free 14-day pro trial on the Swing Vision app. Again, you use that promo code CRACK20, $20 discount, as well as a free 14-day pro trial. How do you find the link? To get signed up, just go back to your podcast feed. It's in the podcast description of this episode. You go to the Swing Vision website, you set up your account, you download the app, you get rocking and rolling, get all the information, one location with our friends at Swing Vision. Joining us on the podcast today for the first time is a guest I have very much been looking forward to speak to as he is a member of the USTA Southern California Executive Board and the proprietor of this summer Southern California Pro Circuit, a series of six ITF events our Crack Rackets team is so excited to be partnered with. It's our friend, Chris Boyer. Chris, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Doing great, Alex. Thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for allowing the SCTA to talk to you a little bit about what we're doing out here. Oh, it is my pleasure to have you. And look, I am looking forward to the Southern California Pro Circuit because it is a combination of everything we love here at Crack Rackets. You're going to have so many talented players, whether it be pros already turned pro who are trying to establish themselves, whether it be college players who are trying to dip their toes into the pro waters or even those high school players in the Southern California area. And there are so many of them who excel at the highest levels who want to see how they stack up against those players with pro aspirations and Again, there's plenty for us to discuss here on today's show, but let's just start with the impetus, dare I say, for this Southern California Pro Circuit, because certainly those who follow the ITF circuit knows uh, there are a plethora of events that happen around the world in a, in any given week. You can find them in Tunisia. You can find them in all different parts of Europe, Asia, Australia, Southern America. Uh, you're, you know, it, it's it's everywhere. And so what was it about trying to get these ITF Pro Circuit events to Southern California? You know, what was the desire to try and do that? Well, that's a great question. Um and uh, a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, here in Southern California, we have such a rich history in the growth of American tennis. Um, you know the long list of professional players that have come out of California as well as anyone. Um, and um, about four or five years ago, um, we had 11 ITF Pro Circuit events here in Southern California, starting from Bakersfield on down to San Diego. And um, some of it um, had to do with COVID, but, uh, but we last year we only had one event, which was in Calabasas. 
And when I looked at the schedule and some of this had to do with my son, Tristan, playing some ITF pro circuit events, I was just dumbfounded as to why we, we could not have more events here in Southern California and try to keep up that tradition. So I had a brief conversation with our sectional president, Bob Hochstetter, and I was talking to him about this. And he said, well, it sounds like you have your work cut out for you, Chris. Why don't you go ahead and, and chair a committee and uh, get some blue chip people on it and see what you can do about raising some money to, uh, to change that. And so I did um, and established this committee with some blue chip people, Paul Anacone, Pam Shriver, Marianne Wardell, Lindsay Davenport. I mean, the list is long and plus some very stellar tournament directors here from Southern California on the committee as well. Peggy Michael is also on it, who's the uh, assistant tournament director for Indian Wells, um, as you know. Um, and we just started to have some brainstorming sessions about how we can raise some money. And we went out through private donors and did that in a very short period of time. The USTA was, was very complimentary and helpful to us in doing so and had a number of conversations with Martin Blackman and Megan Rose about how we could go about doing this. And it just, everything just fell in place for us. And everyone that we did speak with was very supportive. And we ended up raising close to $600,000 to run these events. And um, so we're super excited about this. We're hopeful that this is going to be sort of change the thought paradigm on how some of these ITF pro circuit events are run in the United States. And, and there's a number of different models that they use around the world. You mentioned Tunisia, you mentioned Turkey. Um, they have a, a very different model that they use. But here in the United States, our model has been basically relying on the mothership, the USDA, yeah, sure. to fund these. And um, as you know, um, you know, the mothership right now is, is listing a little bit and we, um, you know, we can't rely on them as much and nor is it, um, does it make logical business sense to rely on them as much as we have in the past. So, so we, we believe here in Southern California that there's another way. It's not necessarily there's a right way or the wrong way. There might just be a better way. And we've gone out and raised some money to do this. And, um, and so far, so good. So that's that's where we're at. And the purpose of it from our sectionals point of view, and I think every section should look at it this way, is to provide playing opportunities for these transitional players that just don't have enough playing opportunities. Right. I mean, if you compare us, meaning here in the United States to the rest of the world, Italy is a great example. Uh, France is a great example. Spain is a great example. They have way more tournaments than we do on a per capita basis. And the results that they're having on the pro level demonstrate that that's really working for them. Um, so we need to play catch up here in a lot of ways. And it's, it's not a ding on anybody that's doing anything wrong or historically has done anything wrong. It's just that we need to put our collective hats on and be collaborative and try to figure out how to make it better. And I believe that the base of the pyramid, which you you rightly pointed out right from the beginning, which is transitional tennis, needs to be broader in order for you to have success at the highest levels. Yeah. 
So I think that's a long-winded answer to your <laughs> short question. <laughs> no, that was precisely what I was looking for and to incorporate some statistics, which you were kind enough to send over to really harp in, again, the extremity of the disparity between the ITF events that have happened in the States versus elsewhere over the past year. And certainly COVID had to play a role in this. And there were events, whether it be at the challenger level, the futures level, that perhaps have not come back in the past two, two and a half years since uh, the beginning of the pandemic. But in the entire U.S. between May 17th, September 20th of last year, there were nine men's ITF pro circuit tournaments. Nine. Not, you know, there are more than nine weeks between May 17th and September 20th. So that is less than one event a week uh, in playing opportunities for those players and to harp in what it, who's playing the ITF. Those are the players ranked, I would say, 350 at the highest to, you know, anywhere, anyone else looking for an ATP point or trying to climb themselves up the rankings. During yep. that same time period in Europe, there were 102 events. 102. So it's not as though there were 20 events more. It's not as though there were 30 events more. There were 93 more events in Europe than there were in the United States. And to your point, that doesn't include Turkey, Tunisia, Egypt, where there are almost one pro circuit event a week. Right. That's almost unacceptable. Like that to to me. And I, I know, again, I'm not trying to cast blame. But there are too many facilities in the United States that are too readily available to provide this sort of action. And that why, uh, again, why to us, you know, Southern California, look, I will always be biased towards the Midwest. I'm a SEMTA guy at heart. I think we produce as much talent per capita as any region in the country. But yeah, there's a lot more good tennis players in that Southern California area. You know, what was it? You know, is that the impetus to get going in this part of the country? You know, again, why Southern California? Well, again, you know, this has to do with our rich history and, and, and also the fact that we do have, as, as you pointed out, a plethora of, of facilities here in Southern California. We also have a rich history of tournament directors with really great experience that can run these. So we felt like you know, look, we have to do our part. You know, the, I mean, the USTA just can't be doling out money all the time for every single section. And we understand that there's some sections that don't have the economic resources that the Southern California section might have or the Florida section might have or the Southern section might have. So they do need the help of the USTA. And that's much appreciated, believe me. Um, but but we just need to we need to take a closer look at how this is done and and look at other countries and how they do it. And the model in Tunisia and Turkey is, as you well know, is that you know the tournament directors go out and they solicit um, securing a hotel, and and the players pay a hotel fee, and the tournament directors get the difference between what they're charging. And the hotel is charging, so that's how they that's how they support the event, and which is totally fine, in my opinion. But here in the United States, that spiff that wouldn't exist, so there's not enough money to exist to support the event. Um, so you have to find alternative solutions, and there's so many people here in the United States that just love tennis and that have a lot of money and that are willing to put that money up and make a donation. So we set up, we hear, we have here in Southern California a foundation, the Southern California Tennis Foundation, which is um, headed up by Bill Kellogg, who's an iconic tennis person here in the United States. And, 
And so if a donor is interested in this circuit, they make the donation to the foundation and the foundation will in turn support the circuit. So it becomes a tax deduct deduction for the donor, which is, which is also great. And so, you know, again, um, you know, we're just looking for playing opportunities for our players. The wild cards here, because we are paying for the tournaments are only available to Southern California players. So we're looking for ways to give these players opportunities and to stay close to home too. That's the other thing, because, you know, if you're flying to Tunisia or Turkey or anywhere in Europe, you know, this becomes a costly gesture and you have to, you know, you have to be able to afford that. And some people just can't, can't do that. Mm -hmm. Can we go on a quick tangent if, if you don't mind, because I feel like you are a good person to ask this question to, and it's a discussion we've had on our crack rackets podcast. And, Again, you you under and I I think our listeners will very much appreciate that explainer because I don't think they understand the financing of these tournaments. You think, oh, it's a twenty five k event, and let's be clear, twenty five thousand dollars is not a small amount of money, but that's just the prize money you need to run an event like this. And you think about, you know, the the mega complex. You think about the granddaddy of them all down in Orlando, right? USTA Lake Nona campus, which has. 100 you know 100 courts it's got the hard true it's got the hard courts it's got the college campus i you would think theoretically why is there not a futures event there every week right because it is the perfect facility to be able to say we can crank out a challenger we can crank out whatever it may be we have the court space why is that not feasible well, it is feasible. I mean, uh, and why it's not why it's not being done, you'd have to talk to the USTA about that. Fair. But 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 they do have they do have a quite quite a significant amount of, of tournaments there at Lake yes. Nona, as you know, and obviously college college tournaments are played there as well. And, and junior also, events, and it should say also adultly, because it is the home of tennis, right? And you're right. It's yeah. not, they are hosting events there all the time. That is true. But I guess why not make it a pro? Because you talk about the importance of investing in the development, and you mentioned it, Italy, where they have had, you know, it's not just one challenger. We're talking four Lee seven, four Lee eight, where they're having it week after week after week. They've got yeah. four top 40 players in a, a country with a population of 60 million. We've got 360 million. And why? While our top 40 players have increased significantly this year, you know, over the past decade, that has not been the case. So I guess now with this granddaddy of a facility, and again, I apologize for interrupting you, why not make pro tennis the focus there? Yeah, and I think you can. I mean, look, yeah. look there's a lot of factors that go into this, Alex. It's not just, you know, it's not as black and white as some people might think it is, but, but, you know, in order to make it a feasible um, sort of endeavor for a player to go play a tournament, you've got to have a, some number of events in a row. And generally speaking, it's, you know, I would, I would argue that it's three in a row. So if you want to have, if you want to have, for example, a, a series of ITF events to make it economically advantageous to a player to go to Florida or to go to Illinois or to go to Southern California, you've got to have, you've got to be able to amortize your travel costs over a number of events. And so I think that's, that's part of it. And the USTA is getting much better at establishing these sort of like mini circuits. Illinois is a good example. There's one in Decatur, one in Champaign, et cetera. You know, that circuit. Really well. Oh, if you, first of all, if you haven't gone to Decatur, you're not actually a pro. <laughs> That's right. 
That's right. And, and they're all really well done. Um, so, um, you know, that's a good example. Um, but to have one event in Tulsa, you know, where it's an off market, where you have to spend $750 in airfare to get to it, and it's a $25,000 event, you lose in the first round, and then you're cooked for $750, you know, like for the airfare, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to do it that way. So I think part of what the USTA wants to do is to try to establish these areas and little mini circuits where it does make sense for players to travel. And by the way, historically, this has been the case, you know, like if you go back 25 or 30 years, when the circuit was a little bit different, they'd have a group of tournaments. The together. satellite tour, correct? Satellite tour. Exactly. A bunch of guys would jump in a van and they'd go travel and they'd yeah. play three or four in a row and, and, you know, it'd be a little bit different, but so, I mean, part of that is, you know, again, to, to answer your question, why it's not being done every week in Lake Known, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that there's, that's going on there. So I, I'd, I'd have to defer that question to them. Fair. And for the record, why I was looking forward to this podcast, you have to be our first Crack Rackets guest ever to use the word amortize. And now we're rolling. Now we're really talking, Chris. Okay. Uh, but uh, in terms of, no, I, that satellite tour and – this is, I suppose, an irrelevant piece of information, but I grew up in West Bloomfield, Michigan. There used to be a satellite event in West Bloomfield. And growing up, the idea that it no longer was there crushed me because the thought of, uh, as an you know, 8, 9, 10-year-old, the opportunity to get to see those sorts of pro players. I mean, if you go to a college tennis match, you'll watch a number six singles player and you'll be like, how is this guy not the best player in the world? Like on the right day, all of these players are so extraordinarily talented. And obviously that's the quality of play you guys are envisioning in the Southern California pro circuit this summer. You know, we spoke with Ryan Redondo, who talked about, you know, wanting to provide these playing opportunities for these players. Uh, I, I, it, I, it, we've already established that doesn't, I don't think that's a concern for us uh, in terms of the events we're going to see over the course of the six weeks this summer. But, you know, again, as you look at this Southern California community and, uh, you know, you guys have six events. Are you anticipating that they will be be embracing this, you know, that they will be coming out to these events, that they will be able to attach themselves to these players over the course of the six weeks? I'm sorry, who do you mean by they? And, and the fans. I, I apologize. The Southern California tennis community. Like, that's the other idea, right, of trying to get the six weeks consecutively is now this group of fans who, oh, I'm intrigued by week one. How do I get to watch this again? Well, guess what? We have six consecutive weeks of it. Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, you know how these tennis communities work. A place like Rancho Santa Fe, which is a very upscale community and has a huge um, tennis fan base just within itself. Of course, all those club members are going to come out and watch these players. And that doesn't include the, you know, the, the extent of the rest of the community around there. And the same thing with Barnes Tennis Center and and, um, you know, University of San Diego, which are the first three events that we're doing down in the San Diego area. And then, by the way, it's not six weeks in a row. There's a week break in between. And then we do three in the Los Angeles area. And it's the same situation. Kramer Club with Peter Smith, who's running it up there now. They've got a built in audience there and they're going to they're probably going to get a thousand people to come out, you know, for semifinals and finals for these kinds of events. And so we're super excited about that aspect of it, to have people exposed to this level of tennis. And I think there's going to be a lot of people who are 
as you pointed out, super surprised at the level of tennis here. Um, you know, there's not a significant difference between a guy who's 200 in the world and a guy who's 10 in the world. Really what it boils down to is, you know, sort of like your, your mental capability of being able to hang in there and compete. And, um, but physically these guys are hitting the balls so similar. So it, it, you know, and again, it's the same thing at the transitional level, these guys are just all, and, and, and ladies as well are all good. So we're super excited about that. Yeah, no, I mean, the difference between a player ranked 200 and 800 is the 200 player made 25 more forehands over the course of the past month. And like, that's literally the difference between the two players. To your yep. point, and, and again, I, I, Ryan spoke about this when we talked to him, but I, I do want to harp on this. And this is something w- and why we were so excited at Crack Rackets to be associated with this and to be able to provide coverage of these six and seven weeks, as you point out. And I appreciate you throwing us a week off because, by the way, between June 13th and June 27th is my dad's 60th birthday. So, Dad, I will be coming home. Now, the good news is he is never going to hear this because he's not listening to Minute 19 of a podcast. He's like, two minutes, I heard enough i'm out but my mom will inform him of this so that is good uh so thank you for that unintentional but well it's uh, good to know that at least your mom listens yeah oh number one listener on a (laughs) quick biggest critic as well in the best ways possible but um he talked about the importance of the interconnectivity between levels you know juniors college pros and you know the the uh, synergy between those three and allowing them all to thrive and how all three levels need to be thriving for a Southern, for Southern California to succeed, for tennis to thrive in the area. Can you unpack that concept for us a bit more? Can you talk to me about why it is important for you to, you mentioned the wild cards available, why they're not only going to go to the pro, you know, the, the best pros, but to the college players, to the junior players who are thriving in the area as well. Yeah, no, that, that is really important. I mean, look, the pathway to success, I mean, there's, there's several ways anybody can do this, right? I mean, we, we know, we all know the story of, Venus and Serena basically jumping from the, you know, playing a few junior tournaments and just jumping into the pros. That's one way to do it, which is an extreme, but you've got to general, generally speaking, you've got to have some transitions in the middle of that. And, and Ryan is hundred percent correct. And by the way, he's on this committee as well. You know, the, the synergies between those, those different levels has to be there. There has to be that interconnectivity. And here in the United States, again, you know, I mean, I hate to sort of harp on this too, which is though the ITF junior circuit is way more prolific in Europe than it is here in the United States. Absolutely. And I know you, you have what the Easter Bowl, Orange Bowl, and that's really it. In terms of ITF events in, in the United States, and maybe Eddie Her, like that's those I, are the I only believe, three. I, I believe there's actually 11 or 12 ITF junior events in the United States right now, but that pales in comparison. I think there's 310 or something in Europe. I guess I should say those are the only three significant ones, right? Like, yeah, there's the, the pan B one in Tulsa and there's the one that used to be on the grass courts, but like only you and I know about those. No one else would know about them. Yeah. Your point is well taken. Yes. There's not as, as of course, there's a junior U S open, which is part of the ITF circuit sure. as well, but yes, you're hundred percent correct. And I think, and anyway, the point being is that there needs to be, you know, a lot of people talk, and this is a little bit of a sidebar. A lot of people talk about sort of, you know, level, level play in tennis, level play is great. 
UTR is great. Being able to play at, you know, someone, um, you know, that's at your level and have the match be, go three sets and six, four in the third, that's beautiful. But if you're really developing as a player, your nervous system, and this is scientifically factual, your nervous system has to be stressed out in order to go to the next level. And so having our juniors here in Southern California play the qualifying round of an ITF pro circuit event, or maybe get a wild card into the main draw, that is so significant in the physical development and experience of a player. And just to sort of bring that home, back in 1982, and I think I sent you this graph, we had 65 ATP and WTA events in the United States. Today, I believe we only have 11. So that means two things. One, think about the aspiration or the lack of aspirational opportunities that juniors have when they can't go see the Andre Agassiz or the John McEnroe's or the Tracy Austin's or anyone else that used to play in those days, there's no real opportunity in their market to go see them play. The second thing is, is that when you have 65 ATP and WTA events, you think about the wild cards that go to Americans for those events. There's over 800 wild cards that would go to Americans for those events alone. In 11 tournaments, what is there? 88 is the number I have in front of me. Yeah, 88 total wildcard opportunities. So you're talking, again, we're going from 800 to 88. That that is unacceptable. Yeah, and it's significant, Alex, because it, it, it dovetails with what I just told you about stressing out players' nervous systems to be able to go to that next level and be able to have the experience of playing that player. Tristan was, I'll just bring my son into the equation for a second. Tristan was down in Argentina two weeks ago playing with Diego Schwartzman, practicing with him before he went to the the Monte Carlo tournament. That playing opportunity is invaluable because when you see a Diego Schwartzman ball and he's hitting, you know, within six inches every single time of where he wants to hit. You don't see that all the time, right? And in order to experience that or to get to that next level, you have to experience that. So that's the point here, too, which Ryan was talking about to your point earlier, is that there needs to be this interconnectivity between juniors and college players and transitional pros, and then leading up to the next level. And of course, not everyone makes it, but you've got to be able to have those playing opportunities to be able to experience the next level. Absolutely. I think of the players in the in college who have made such rapid developments. I think of a guy like Hunter Heck at Illinois who you know lost his first three matches, I believe, last season. And I was at those matches on the broadcast. He struggled in all of them. He didn't lose the rest of the way. And, you know, he was the one guy to beat J.J. Tracy to help his team clinch a Big Ten Conference championship last season. And now he's playing the number one spot for them as a sophomore. And so you talk about putting his nervous system under stress. 
and how he responded, again, that's the sort of opportunity the college level provides players who need that sort of development. That's the sort of opportunity that this Southern California Pro Circuit will also be able to divide, uh, provide to countless players. And you think in that area, a guy like Ryan Colby, who enrolls early at USC, what that's done for his game, now he's going to have perhaps an opportunity to test that. You know, he's just another example. Or a guy like Stefan Dostinik, who number one player for USC, who, you know, yep. he hasn't lost a dual match this season. He's done, you know, that's about as good as it can get at the number yep. one spot in college tennis. How does that stack up against the pros? This is, what you know, the sort of question that can be answered by a Southern California pro circuit. And so to your point, six events starting May 30th in Rancho Santa Fe. You then have June 6th. And again, all of these events combined men's and women's events, which let's actually talk about that quickly. Why was that piece so important as well? Not only to have them both, but to have them both at the same site, which to me is the coolest possible thing. Yeah, two two reasons um, from my perspective. Um, the, the first one is economics. There are some advantages where you can, you know, combine costs and and lower the overall costs. So that was that was number one. And then. Um, and also just operationally speaking, you know, when you have one site versus two sites, it makes it easier. Um, and the, the, the second reason is, is that it's simple. The, the, the players love to be together. Yeah, and that's it's, exactly it's just, it. It's just more exciting. It's more fun. And, and so we just thought, hey, you know, just why not do it this way? It makes so much more sense. And so we'll see how it goes. I mean, uh, we're. You know, we believe it's it it provides some diversity too. I mean, play, people want to see the the women play just as much as they want to see the guys play. So we didn't. And, and then, last but not least, we also didn't want to leave anybody off the table. I mean, yeah. Billie Jean King, who's here in Southern California, if we didn't have a women's event, she would have probably strangled us. So, <laughs> so we we um, and, you know, I, I say that tongue in cheek, but we we were we just wanted to have a fair balance too for yeah. for everyone. No, that's what, again, makes this so exciting is that it's six weeks for the men and women competing side by side. And it's yeah. fun when, you know, first of all, when 12 guys hop in a van, that van smells atrocious, let me tell you. But now we can have, you know, again, all these players traveling from event to event together and there will be an atmosphere uh, in the air. There will be an energy that will make things so exciting. And with that excitement in mind, you mentioned these names earlier, but the people like the Billie Jean Kings and the Tracy Austins, the Paul Anacones, who have all committed to this event. I'm sure it was an easy sales job, but uh, talk to me about, you know, getting them to commit and what their commitment means. Well, after that initial conversation with our president, um, you know, I thought about who's here in our section that would would a have the time and the interest to contribute. And I started to make some phone calls. I spoke to everyone individually first and and um, everyone was just so excited about the idea. And they just they just said, hey, I'll do whatever I can to help. I mean, I got an email from Tracy Austin. She said to me, Chris, whatever I can do to help you, this is so great. I mean, that's the kind of people that we have here in Southern California, Paul Anacone, um, Lindsay, uh, the list is long. So so we're really, really, really appreciative of all their help. And, and um, obviously having their name just on the marquee alone helps to raise money from donors. And, and um, but I, I will tell you that every single one of them was actively involved and actually did something. It wasn't just a matter of having their name attached to this. So 
it's been a really great committee experience for us. Um, and um, we're looking forward to continuing this on and building on this. Yeah, it's going to be extraordinarily exciting. Again, starting May 30th at Rancho Santa Fe, going all the way through that July 11th week in the Lakewood Tennis Center. Six weeks of action. And I know we keep alluding to this. It's going to be all of the above. We're going to get the pros. We're going to get the college guys. We're going to get the high school players. Uh, talk to me about the, uh, you know, again, what we can do here. Uh, obviously, we here at Cracked Rackets going to be broadcasting, but we, meaning tennis fans, what can we do to help support this event? Well, I mean, I just, just from your perspective, we're so excited to have you guys um, broadcasting. I mean, the things that you've done to help uh, college tennis and help tennis in general, Alex, has been amazing. So I, I want to encourage you guys to keep it up because, as you know, here in the United States, we've had some challenges with tennis, but, but, you know, bringing it into this sort of, you know, live streaming format and podcasting format really brings an additional audience to tennis that we, I don't think we really had before. So that's really important. Um, yeah. And I think, I think that just anybody who wants to come out and watch these events, please do please come out and appreciate what they're doing and the hard work that these players are putting into it and the hard work that our section is putting into this. And, trying to grow the game here in the United States. And maybe you'll get to see a future Andre Agassi or a future Tracy Austin or, or, you know, whatever, but we, you know, we're super excited about anyone who wants to support this. We do have a major sponsor, um, which is Wilson sporting goods um, actually sponsoring this circuit as well, which we're very appreciative of it. And when I had a conversation with the head of Wilson tennis he was so excited about this. He's like, this is just incredible. And he's, he's been so supportive and his team has been so supportive. So we're really appreciative of that as well. I have one ridiculous, uh, ludicrous was the word I was looking for. Ludicrous suggestion. And again, Give it a quick axe if you're saying, but we're talking about representation of all levels. And again, tongue in cheek here to end today's show. And by the way, immensely grateful for the kind words. It's the least we can do. And we're so excited to be able to broadcast all of these events. And, you know, listeners, you're going to be able to watch all of these players compete on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel over the course of the six weeks. And you talk about commitments from some of uh the people contributing to this circuit. We're going to have Tracy Austin on the show to talk about this and her exceptional career as well. Excited for all that. I told, speaking of talking to my dad, I I drove home from Madison, so I have fresh material on my parents as I spoke with them on the car ride, because what else are you going to do during that drive? <laughs> and I was like, Dad, Tracy Austin's coming on. And for the first time ever, he goes, Tracy Austin? I know Tracy Austin. And I was like, yeah, so maybe you should listen to this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, with all that in mind, you're representing, high, you know, again, the highest level juniors, the college players, the pro players. What about the club tennis college player? 2017 club tennis national champion Max Rothman from Los Angeles happened to play with a guy named Alex Gruskin. Slide them a doubles wild card into maybe one of the six events. Again, maybe that July 4th week will wear all red, white, and blue. I'll speak for the doubles team. And you just, you know, you see what happens. Yeah, well, there is a wild card application on the Southern California um, website that you okay. can go to and fill it out, and um, we'll see what we can do for you, Alex. <laughs> I'll say this: I didn't do horribly on my LSAT. I'm going to make a convincing case. I'm going to I'm going to go all out on the application and be like, ankles okay. still work, um, and you know, we'll go from there. You know, backhand acceptable. Um, and so we'll go from there. But no, again, more broadly, Chris, so excited uh, to see 
pro tennis return to Southern California in this sort of fashion because you allude to the rich history, but more importantly, again, the satellite tour may not be the most well-known thing, but, and this is where we can end things, pro tennis I mean, we mentioned the numbers, but it feels like in the 80s, in the 90s, just about every tennis community had something like this throughout the year. And so that's the big picture. That's the goal, right, is to get this, uh, get these six events on the calendar and hopefully see it spurn growth in other parts of the country as well. Exactly. I want to be able to you know, hold this model out for other sections to use as well with the USTA's help sort of spreading the word on what we're doing. But I want to see, you know, I want to see professional tennis events in every community where, you know, kids are hanging on to the fences, looking through, watching and, and, you know, being aspiring to play at the next level and being really super excited about the sport. And that's the goal for everyone here. Um, And I think I'm speaking, you know, for every person that's involved in tennis in the USTA where, you know, the more kids that we have engaged in this and the more aspirations we have and playing opportunities we have, the better off we're going to be in this sport. And it's just such a great sport and it's a sport of a lifetime. and, And we have, probably the biggest tennis event in the world with the U.S. Open. I don't know if it actually is or not, but it, it should be close. And, and you know, everybody should go to that, you know, um, and, and see and get up close to these players. Um, and here in Southern California, we're also fortunate. We have the Indian Wells ATP WTA tournament, um, and uh, which is also a great event. So we need to we need to think about how we're going to grow this game at this grassroots level and be able to be able to push more players through the system so that we can be back in the 80s, as you said, Alex. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what we're all aspiring for, right? Uh, if I took off my headphones, you'd see the hair I'm rocking right now. I've got the full 80s poof going. Um, so I'm ready to rock and roll. But again, uh, Chris, so grateful for you uh, taking the time to chat today. Since you snuck it in, how was the Schwartzman Boyer hit? Am I going to get clips? Like, can I, can I see it in act? Did you get to watch any of it? I did not get to watch it. I was down there with Tristan um, Mm -hmm. for 10 days, but why don't we talk offline about what happened in that match? Because I don't want it (laughs) to sound uh, uh, wrong. Let's just say I'll I'll text it to you. How's that? Uh, I appreciate it. No, but again, Chris, thank you for taking the time to chat. I anticipate we will have you back on the show soon. And again, very much looking forward to the Southern California Pro Circuit. So appreciate you uh, allowing us to be involved. Well, thank you again for allowing the SCTA to do this, Alex. We really appreciate you you giving us the opportunity to talk about it. and, And we're looking forward to working with you. So thank you very much. Yeah, of course. Take care, Chris. Okay. Bye bye. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Hope all of you enjoyed our conversation with Chris Boyer. A huge thank you to Chris for his efforts in helping to make the Southern California Pro Circuit possible. Again, there are few people out there as committed to growing the game as Chris. It was such a pleasure to get the chance to chat with him, to pick his brain, and hopefully we'll have the chance to do more of that coming up soon. And again, very much looking forward to broadcasting the action happening over the six weeks of competition in that Southern California Pro Circuit. Starts at the end of May, carries through mid-July. We'll have coverage of all of it on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel, so be on the lookout for that. Of course, we're covering everything happening right now across levels in pro tennis, and May is always a busy time. College tennis postseason about to get underway. We're going to cover it all week long on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel on the Great Shot podcast feed. We'll cover a live uh, show here on Monday uh, talking about the, uh, the bracket release, talking about the selections that were made where each team is heading. Of course, on Tuesday, we'll do a breakdown of the women's draw. We'll break down the men on Wednesday, and then we'll do our final mailbag before postseason gets underway on Thursday as well. And, of course, there's plenty of action happening on the pro circuit. French Open starts at the end of the month. As such, clay court action only going to continue to heat up. We've got the 1,000-level events for the men and women happening in Madrid this week. We'll cover all of that action over on our mini-break podcast feed. And, of course, if you're looking for any of that content, you can find it all on our website, crackrackets.com. Of course, like, rate, subscribe, review to this show the mini break the great shot podcast and our youtube channel to ensure you don't miss out on any of our coverage if you need the more immediate updates twitter instagram facebook youtube we are at cracked rackets you want to message me directly i am at al gruskin a shout out as always to our super producer daniel westoff on the ones and twos and who as always has a of an editing job to do making all of our content possible thank you to our friends at swing vision as well and of course you can learn more about them by clicking on the link in the description to this show use that promo code crack 20 when you inevitably do sign up with all of that said for the fantastic Chris Boyer, our super producer Daniel Westoff, our friends at Swing Vision, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.